we try to really weave together the knowledge about the subject with then like, how does it apply to you in your life as an eater and a cook and a shopper and all that. Welcome neighbors to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on Hometown Earth. Hello, neighbors. When you think of the word print, it usually means the impression left behind or the area affected by something else. In ecology, it means the impact of human activity to the rest of the world. So what about our food print? What effects do our food choices have on the rest of the world? Well, today we get to hear from Jerusha Klimperer of Foodprint, an online nonprofit organization dedicated to educating people on the topic of our food production processes. Foodprint says that their aim is to pull back the curtain of the impacts of industrial food production practices and explain the benefits of more sustainable approaches to food production and consumption. They also want to help people raise their collective voices and take action to make real changes in the food system. In other words, really honing in on how our food impacts animals, people, and planet. Our guest, Jerusha, is the director of Foodprint. And prior to leading Foodprint, she was a co-founder and the communications director for Food Corps, an organization that works with local communities around the world to serve healthy food in schools, and before that, led campaigns at Slow Food USA. So let me tell you, she knows food and presents it in such a consumable and people-friendly way. In this episode, we chat about food print, our food systems, and what you can do to start learning about eating sustainably today. If you love this episode, be sure to check out Foodprint's website at foodprint.org and their new podcast with Jerusha as the host, What You're Eating, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. I know you're going to love this one, so let's get a fork and dig right in. Are you ready when inspiration strikes? Now you can take notes while listening to Hometown Earth, write quotes, facts, or even journal with our limited collection of pocket notebooks. Designed by a local artist and produced on 100% recycled paper, these will be your new favorite on-the-go notepads. Get yours today at lenasanford.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much for joining us on Hometown Earth today. If you don't mind, just, you know, get us started out. Tell us a little bit about your role at Foodprint and really kind of how Foodprint started, how long you've been with Foodprint. Yeah. So, hi, I'm Jerusha Klumperer, and I'm the director of a website called foodprint.org, and it's an editorial project of a foundation called the Grace Communications Foundation, and it's... um, dedicated to helping people understand how to shop and cook and eat more sustainably. 
but then also to see that there are really big systems-wide issues at play and why our food system is challenging, broken, some might say, and um, helping people understand that we can't fix everything with just how we shop and cook and eat. And there are bigger levers that we need to push to really uh, shift things. Well, so how did you kind of get involved with food print? Yeah, well, I have been kind of working on communications and advocacy around sustainable food systems for probably about 16 years. Um, It was something that I was passionate about personally as an eater. You know, I was like, I want to shorten the distance between me and my food and where it all started. I want to learn more about where my food comes from. I want to support systems that are better for the environment, that are better for animals, um, more humane for them. And Um, better for workers who, you know, food and farm workers. Um, So it was a personal passion. And then I realized like, oh, I could do this for a career. I could get involved in this. Um, You know, and I think it took me a little while to figure out where I could plug in. I was like, I'm not a farmer. I'm not a cook beyond, you know, my home kitchen. Yeah. Um, You know, I live in a city. I, what, what do I have to offer here? And I was like, well, I, you know, am a writer and an editor and a, talker. And I like translating things for people, you know, like this is complicated. Let me break it down into something that, you know, you can understand. So yeah, I've been working at organizations with the word food in the title for this whole time in various roles. And um, I was brought on board at the foundation because they had had a website for many years. That was like the very first website I ever found when I was interested in the subject matter. But it was really old, you know, and yeah. the internet has changed a lot. And also um, the amount and quality of information that's out there for people to find about food and sustainability, it's just, you know, exploded since the yeah. website first came about. So they knew that it was ready for a rebrand and a relaunch and a reconfiguring. And so I came on board about four years ago and helped put together this website. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's the website and then it's also all of the social media that goes with it, which we see as, you know, ends in and of themselves. You know, they're not just to bring people to the website. They're like, they are an educational avenue as well. And then um, our new podcast. Yeah. Well, you're trying to touch people at all these digital levels, which, you know, like you said, that the world has changed and people go online for information like this. So um, it's really helpful. And I love Foodprint's website because it is so easy to understand. So if you don't mind just giving us like a quick, you you said you're good at simplifying things. Give us the simple explanation of what a Foodprint is. Yeah. So you know, we didn't coin the term food print. If you Google it, you'll see it's a term out there. And for the most part, when people use it, they're talking about the carbon footprint of your food. And that makes a ton of sense and is a hugely important concept and something that we need to work on. You know, food um, was featured heavily in like the recent IPCC report, um, International Panel on Climate Change from the UN. It's a big deal and important. Um, With this website and using the word we do, we were trying to even... Um, broaden that term up wider so that it's not just the carbon footprint of your food, but it's the footprint of your food in all senses. So the impact that it has on planet, on people, on animals, you know, so people, that's the food and farm workers, it's public health and personal health. For animals, it's animal welfare and well-being. 
Yeah. Um, in the environment, climate change is a huge issue and emissions is a huge piece of the impact that food has, but it also has major impacts on water and soil. I mean, what industrial agriculture is doing to our waterways is a is a major, major problem. That's a big one, but also how it degrades our soil um, and makes it harder to, you know, grow food and grow healthy food in the future. So for us, the food print is that full impact that your food has on yeah. animal, animals, planet, and people. Yeah, I think, um, you know, on your website, you have this food print calculator that makes it really simple. And I don't know if you want to speak to that at all, you know, maybe even how y'all came up with that, but it's actually really quick and entertaining. Like, it's not like you're going through something, feeling guilty about, you know, you ask questions. Yeah. Kind of give us a little rundown maybe of that. I don't want to spoil it for people, but. (laughs) Well, you know, there are things out there that attempt to calculate the carbon footprint of food because that is like a really quantifiable thing. And when we were looking at like, well, would it ever be possible to calculate your food print, which includes all these things that are sort of immeasurable, you know, like well-being, um, you know, or animal welfare. And we realized that you probably cannot calculate that with a number. Yeah. And so, but we know that people are hungry for that. And so the quiz that we offer, very fun, lighthearted three to five minute (laughs) quiz is really not scientific, but it helps people see all those different aspects of what we're talking about in terms of impact. And then at the end, depending how you did, points you to the resources on our website that will help you learn more in the areas that you maybe need to grow and learn. Yeah, I love that because that's what mine, I had some that were like, you could improve here. And so I immediately like went to those and I'm like, okay, what do I, what did I need to improve on? Because I just, you know, I want to be as sustainable as possible. So I found it really helpful and it was super quick to, you know, connect with that information on your website because it is an educational website. So there's tons, tons of stuff on there. So yeah, I highly encourage people to go on, take a couple minutes, do your food print, Um, You don't have to digest everything in one day, but, you know, just kind of start that process. But the other kind of piece of this, we're really talking about like industrial food systems and how it's how our food systems connect in every piece of our life. So, you know, you've been in this space for quite some time now. What do you see is like the biggest challenge um, to more sustainable food systems? Because I feel like that's a good place to start is. And and maybe that's not a good place to start. I don't know if you want to speak to like the biggest challenges that you've seen in the food system space. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of policy roadblocks to having the food system we need and deserve, you know, and some of that just goes right back to kind of the biggest piece of food and farm legislation that we have in this country, which is the farm bill. And the farm bill kind of determines through what it funds and what it supports and what it prioritizes, it funds certain kinds of farming and it supports growing certain kinds of things. So, you know, the Farm Bill supports us growing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of industrial corn and soy. And when you favor that, you know, and then there are things called specialty crops, which are more fruits and vegetables and nuts and the things that, you know, our own um, my plate guidelines, you know, what used to be the food pyramid tells us we should eat, but we don't really support production of that to the level that we would need to. I mean, that's like a very basic foundational one. Um, you know, and then, you know, things like if we're going to look at 
emissions and some of the largest contributors to um, greenhouse gas emissions are animal agriculture. And the way that we raise animals in this country and factory farms is just hugely detrimental to our environment, both in terms of emissions, especially with beef, um, but also the damage to waterways and soil and air quality and the communities who live around these factory farms. And, you know, what it would take to change that is complicated. And it's, you know, a combination of, I do think, shifting people's dietary expectations and habits, but also local legislation that puts a cap um, on, you know, size of CAFOs or factory farms, um, how they must dispose of the animal waste, all kinds of stuff. So you asked me for one thing, and now I've already given you two, and I could go on forever. But I do think the bottom line is that these are policy and, you know, more structural things. I don't think it's like the number one thing that needs to be fixed in our food system is you, the consumer. Like, I don't actually believe that, despite the fact that our website is geared towards the consumer. One thing we talked about in the episode that came out last week was, you know, food waste specifically and how, you know, consumers are a lot of that food waste, which contributes to this whole food system issue. Um, But yeah, it it really does start up higher. You know, there's so many levels of this, but from the farm to the table, there's so many different factors. This is kind of a side topic, but I think one of the main things that I run into with people, and maybe you have a quick rundown of this, is that people, you know, think, well, our ancestors have ate meat forever and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So they don't really see the problem with how we're farming now. Is there a quick rundown that you could give us on our, you know, current, (laughs) I guess you could say, you know, meat production systems that that or why we kind of look at it a little bit differently? Yeah, well, our ancestors were not eating meat in the way that it's being raised now, and they were not eating meat in the volumes that we eat it now. If we also, if we include, you know, chicken, for example, which like we eat a huge amount of chicken in this country. So um, beef consumption has kind of plateaued in this country, or maybe even gone down a little. But it's not like, and that's because we're all eating less animal protein. It's because the other white meats, you know, like pork and chicken have risen to meet that. So yeah, our ancestors were not eating meat raised in the way that we are or in the volume that we are. Um, You know, I think the message on food print is very much like you could and should, should be eating far fewer animal products. You know, we're not a vegan website. We're not a vegetarian website, but we really support that way of eating. Um, We really support people when they do eat animal products, buying ones that um, are done and more, you know, produced in more sustainable ways. And we have lots of guidance for kind of the labels you can look for and, you know, where you can find these products that you can feel better about, but also a big secondary part of that message is, and you should be eating a lot less. Yeah of all of this. It's said somewhere on your site, like eat less meat, eat better meat. So it's just, um, you know, not trying to, like you said, I'm personally vegan. Um, but that's the whole message is that we just need to be looking at things a little bit differently. Um, and we don't have to completely change our lifestyles, um, because we shouldn't, you know, should still be able to enjoy the things that nature gives us. But, um, 
you know, just doing it in a more sustainable way. So I really love that y'all kind of have that message. Um, So you kind of led into this a little bit. You've got those resources on your website that leads people, you know, a little bit more on how to look at labels or cook or whatever. Um, So do you mind just kind of giving us a little taste of each of those uh, ways that people can eat more sustainably and healthily? Yeah. So, you know, earlier in our conversation, you mentioned something about kind of like taking it step by step. You don't have to change everything all at once. And I do think that's part of our message as well is, yes, to say like you need to change the way you're shopping, change the way you're eating, change the way you're cooking wholesale all at once is overwhelming and probably wouldn't be possible for any of us. So I think it's really about picking something that's important to you, you know, so if um, animal welfare um, and well-being of animals is, you know, the number one most important thing. And then saying, okay, like maybe you want to stop eating animal products altogether. Or maybe you're like, I want to choose animal products that were raised in a more humane way. Um, and on our site, for example, you could go to the label guide and read about the labels that are the best on animal welfare, you know, so something like certified humane or um, animal welfare approved, you know, these are very yeah. good labels that Like for someone to qualify for that label, they have to be really giving the animals a much better life than they are getting in like a conventional system. I mean, you can use the label guide to learn about it. And then if you want to dig deeper, you know, let's say you're like, I really want to do better on eggs. I eat a lot of eggs. I don't really understand. There's like a million labels on the eggs or whatever. And you could say, okay, I'm going to read about egg labels in the food print label guide. Then I'm going to read food print has a 20 page, 25 page report on egg production. And I like really want to like know my eggs. And so I'm going to read all about this. Or maybe I'll read a shorter little thing that they have about, um, you know, cage free and like what that means or doesn't mean, you know. So there's like very practical ways in that are like the what label should I look for? Then there are medium dives, deeper dives. And I think you can go about doing that. Pick a product that you want to do right by. Pick an issue. I really only want to, you know, do stuff where it's like food justice certified or fair trade certified or things. Read up on those labels, learn about it, figure out how to seek out those products. For some people, it's food packaging, reducing single-use plastics. We have a ton of information on that. Everything from little tips and tricks for like how to stop ever using cling wrap again to, (laughs) you know, um, once again, 30-page report on food packaging and all of the problematic chemicals and all the environmental problems. Yeah, that was one thing that I noticed straight away was um, just even the segments on, you know, I cook a ton. So I went to the cooking more sustainably section of your website. Um, Some people I know are like, I'm not going to cook. I don't want to cook. There's a dining out sustainably section on there. So do you mind kind of giving us maybe Like even a quick rundown on somebody's week or, you know, month on, you know, how they could potentially do better in some of these areas. Because one of the things that, you know, we try to do on this podcast is small, actionable steps. So maybe they have a a takeout box that they they take out. What, What are some tips that you might have there? Well, I will say we have something on our site and we sort of push it out every January, but you can do it at any time. And it's a four week reduce your food print challenge. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. So, and I can send you a link to that afterwards. Um, So it, and then it's got like a beautiful PDF that goes with it that just like goes day by day. 
You can choose any 28 days to do it, but I'll give you a couple of examples from it. Day one is just eat vegetarian one day. So try out Meatless Monday. If it goes well, keep going all year long. Yeah. You know, day two is shop the farmer's market. Like instead of going to the supermarket one day, figure out if there's one near you, if you've been intimidated, whatever, just like stop by, see what they've got. You know, you might have a day. So we've got day four, eat peels and skins. So instead of throwing away your carrot top greens, um, turn them into pesto. We have a lot of information about cooking with less waste. Um, Maybe it's um, like I said earlier, like deciding that you're going to skip saran wrap, you know, cling wrap. Um, We have tons of advice for how to do that and how you actually like really don't even need it. Um, You know, maybe it's committing to bringing a reusable shopping tote. Um, Maybe it's meal planning for the week to reduce your waste. Um, You know, being more intentional about that. Switch to a reusable coffee mug. Uh, You know, we have all kinds of stuff, as I said, that ranges from food waste to packaging to supporting local um, and sustainable food systems, but I'll send you the link to that. The reduce your food print challenge is really fun actually. And I'll include that in like the episode description. So people can quickly and easily find it. Um, but yeah, I think one of the main things here that I just want to, you know, get your advice on maybe is that our food systems touch every part of our lives. I think I read on the UN's website that, you know, sustainable food systems don't just do one thing or, you know, another they kind of touch every aspect, every sustainable development goal that we have. I just think that it's tough sometimes for people to go beyond, you know, this is a food that I like and I'm going to eat it. And then, you know, that I'm going to go about my day. It's hard for people to really connect that with how linked it is and how important it is. So do you have any advice for how people can I guess, get their mind around um, the how our food systems are linked to everything and why, why that's so important. That's a tough question to ask, but do you have any advice for how people yeah. can really solidify that when they're looking at the food that's in front of them? Yeah. I mean, I do think there are, you know, a few books and a few movies that are really good for sometimes just like really seeing clearly yeah. and hearing. I think a lot of people wouldn't be that happy to find out how some of their food was raised. Right. And I think if you're willing to take the blinders off mm-hmm. your eyes and really look and see, um, it, yeah. that could really change things for people. I know that for young people, I mean, all of the surveys show that it's, you know, 40% or whatever of young people are really stressed out about climate change. Yeah. And I think really just acknowledging that um, food production is a piece of climate change and like acknowledging that connection. I think for a lot of people, they've already like acknowledged that climate change is a problem. And I think just seeing like, you know, food is a part of it. And for me, it's when I feel anxious or stressed um, about the state of the world, especially environmentally, it's actually very helpful for me to have concrete things that I can do that contribute to the solution. When I think the world feels very overwhelming right now and the problems are so big and pretty scary um, and existential, you know, and having things that I can do every day that reduce waste, that reduce fossil fuel usage and greenhouse gas emissions, and that support life being better for food and farm workers or life being better for animals 
for me, I find that very empowering and comforting and it feels good to be part of the solution. Absolutely. Well, that kind of leads me into one of the ways that I think that I'm going to start trying to really make that connection is listening to your new podcast. Um, You're the host of Foodprint's new podcast, What You're Eating. Can you tell us a little bit more about the podcast and how you, who you hope to reach? Yeah. You know, the podcast really does what the website does, which Mm -hmm. is it tries to marry um, these two things, which is one, understanding some of the problems with the way our food is produced. And then two, really talking through what you can do to either systemically help or to change how you're shopping or cooking as a result of it, right? So our first episode is called That Cheap, Delicious Rotisserie Chicken. (laughs) And, you know, it starts just like with an exploration of this product that is so beloved, right? Fancy chefs like it, home cooks like it. It's cheap as can be and so delicious and versatile and somebody already cooked it for you. It's like, you know, the grocery, Costco, whatever rotisserie chicken is, nothing short of a miracle. (laughs) And then we kind of get into like, it's so crazy how cheap it is, right? Well, this is why. This is why it's so cheap. And then we get into all of the problems with industrial chicken production and talk about like where those costs get pushed down the line, public health costs, environmental costs. But then we don't want to leave you just there. And so then we talk about like what it looks like to raise a better chicken, where you could find better chickens, what kind of labels to look for. um, And then like even how to cook them, how to shop for them, all of that. So we try to really weave together the knowledge about the subject with then like, how does it apply to you in your life as an eater and a cook and a shopper and all that. Yeah, I was listening to uh, the regenerative mac and cheese because I'm a big mac and cheese person, <laughs> um, vegan mac and cheese regardless. But it was actually really interesting because it's like, yeah, the the food is a topic that a lot of people, they love, you know, like you said, people love rotisserie chicken, people love mac and cheese. So you can find something that, you know, you love and kind of can make that connection with, okay, here's here's the journey of this or here's how it got to me. And kind of take those blinders off, um, but in in a fun way. So you also have some experts on there. Um, do, is that kind of like a rotating group of people? Yeah. So I am not the expert on there. I'm just the like, hey, I'm going to ask some questions and see what you guys can tell me. So we have two regulars. One is the chief science advisor to Foodprint, Dr. Urvashi Rangan, and then another food policy expert who I've known for many years, and it's just one of the smartest and most knowledgeable people out there on these issues, Patty Lavera. Um, So they feature prominently in a lot of the episodes. And then depending what the subject matter is, I go out and find um, other experts. So, you know, in the chicken episode, I've got a chicken farmer and I've got a chef and restaurateur. Um, I've got someone who runs a really wonderful label program for um, third-party certification of chickens raised in a really great way. Um, And yeah, depending on the subject matter, that's who we get in. And then I weave together these conversations. So it's not just one interview with one person. It's usually like an interview with somewhere between four and six people. And then in a way we put them in conversation with each other. How can people reach the What You're Eating podcast and when does that come out? Yeah. So we already have six episodes out Mm -hmm. of what's going to be an eight episode season for starters. It's called What You're Eating. You can find it at the Foodprint website under podcast or 
wherever you listen to podcasts. (laughs) So you can find it on Apple and Google and um, Audible. Every other Tuesday is new episodes. So we just this past Tuesday um, dropped Regenerative Mac and Cheese. And our next episode is going to be on salmon. So wild versus farmed salmon. Yeah. And there's a whole, yeah, a bunch for you to catch up on if you haven't been listening already. It's called What You're Eating. Yes. Well, I am really excited to add that into my regular list of podcasts. Um, You know, this episode comes out every Tuesday as well. So you can kind of hopefully they can bunch those together and get their sustainability every Tuesday. But do you have any last comments or words or anything you want to say to the audience about, um, you know, eating sustainably um, that they could kind of take take home and think about today? Yeah. You know, something that's come up in every episode that we've worked on so far is the experts say this, and I always feel it is like, it really stinks that it falls to you to have to start this journey and like fight so hard to learn about food and then do better and buy different stuff and, you know, figure out places to specially recycle certain of your, it's a lot of work. And um, just to acknowledge that I wish the system wasn't like this. I wish that You know, your listener who's obviously taken an interest in this subject matter by joining us on this podcast today has made some really great first steps. And I wish that it was easier and that it wasn't so hard to figure out the information you want to know and, um, and change things. But my hope is that we can get to a place where the sustainable path is the mainstream and, um, instead of, uh, something you have to go seek out. Yeah. I saw some quote, you know, of course on social media, And it was something about sustainability work shouldn't be, you know, one person running. It should be a relay race. And I really like that. And that's why I think, um, you know, the What You're Eating podcast and Food Prints website, as well as, you know, this podcast, it really kind of brings that that sense of community that there's other people who are also running in the race and they're ready to like take that. And so you don't have to carry it all, but just know that, you know, if you're part of the solution at that as much as you can be at the personal level, um, that that is worthwhile. And um, I really appreciate your time on this today and educating people on our food systems because it is so important. So really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jerusha, for joining us. Hopefully we can have you on some other time to talk about more uh, food print topics. That sounds great. And thank you so much. I love your podcast and what you're doing and you have your great interviewer. So Well, thank you. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details. And let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram at Hometown Earth or connect with me personally at Lena Saintford. We all know change needs to happen. So let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.